0: Welcome to Patient Stories. My name is Dr. Bertrand Liang, and these are tales about some remarkable people whom I've met through the opportunity of being a physician. A short story on understanding that one learns to itch where one can scratch. Ms. A came into my clinic after being referred from her family physician, as well as a dermatologist, because of a unique consult question evaluate for neurologic causes of itching. The information from both previous doctors' evaluations was scarce, except to note that there were limitations on their findings, and the patient was, to quote, resistant to therapeutic endeavors. Ms. A noted to me immediately upon introduction that she was a local attorney and had done significant research in the area of neuroscience in the past due to some past cases. She went on to describe her symptoms, which were a vague itching sensation over her right forearm that often traveled up to the arm into the upper part of her back. It waxed and waned throughout the day, but wasn't associated with any weakness or changes in the skin or other associated symptoms. It just itches, she noted to me, with both finality and a hint of irritation on questioning for other aspects. I did ask her about how long this had been going on, and she noted that it had been for years, and that it had come on somewhat acutely. One day it wasn't there, the next day it was, bang, was her description. Over that time period, it really hadn't changed, and it was a constant discomfort which she addressed just by scratching. I then asked why Ms. A had sought medical help. According to her chart, only over the past several months or so, She made a vague reference about time, then pointedly said, don't you think it's about time someone figured this out? I nodded and then asked the patient about her previous interactions with her primary care doctor as well as her dermatologist. She was, to say the least, critical. She described her interactions with them as a waste of time and that both noted that this wasn't a common scenario and that in particular, her dermatologist noted that he couldn't see anything that he could treat, although they could try things on a trial basis. "'I'm not a guinea pig,' said Ms. A firmly. "'I'm not going to be some doctor's experiment.' I noted to Ms. A that medicine was an art, and sometimes we just don't know what might be going on, especially in rare syndromes. "'Then send me to someone who does know what's going on,' she said in response. "'I don't have time to waste.' We started to go through her neurologic examination and the patient was very hesitant about most of it. She noted that this wasn't addressing her symptoms and I tried to assuage the patient that I needed to localize the problem if I was at all to help her out. She acquiesced to the remainder of my exam and at the end questioned what I was going to do next on her evaluation. Well, Ms. A, I have to say, the number of things that can cause itching in the neurologic world is pretty small, I said, with a slight degree of hesitation. Your symptoms seem to relate, at least in part, to something called brachial paritis, which is an itching syndrome in the distribution of certain nerves. As I began to try to explain the brachial plexus to the patient, that is, a bundle of nerve fibers that distributed nerves throughout the arm. She interrupted me, noting that this was, of course, obvious, that skin is innervated by nerves, and that anything that related to the skin was going to involve the nervous system. Without trying to correct any other misperceptions, I continued, noting that both topical treatments as well as oral therapies have been used in the past, but this was a pretty uncommon syndrome, and that like her dermatologist, it would be trials of therapy to see what would work, assuming that I was correct in my assumptions on her diagnosis. The patient then asked me what I had in mind. I noted that some studies had shown that capsaicin might be helpful in this type of disorder. You mean like the hot pepper stuff? That's toxic. I can't put toxic things on my skin. That's ridiculous. I tried to explain the mechanism of the agent But the patient cut me off, asking what other options there were. Well, there's also a combination of lotion of something called amitriptyline and ketamine, which has shown a lot of promise in some studies. It's a compounded drug, so we'd have to get it especially made. The patient again burst out angrily. Ketamine is for dogs. It's used in the veterinary world, isn't that right? Why would you put me on something That's for veterinary medicine. I again tried to explain that the ketamine lotion had been used successfully, the mechanism at the level of the skin and limited absorption into the body. The patient refused this and asked me if I was out of ideas. I then noted we could treat her with a common pain drug, previously an anti-seizure medication, which had been used in small studies with some level of efficacy. I don't want pills the patient noted, closing her eyes. I have to be alert for my job. I can't afford to be sleepy. And it seems to me that the problem is on my skin, so why on earth would I take a pill? I again tried to explain that we could modify the dose, give it as a bedtime medication, for example, to try to alleviate any side effects. The patient refused this, noting that she'd heard these types of things before and she wasn't buying it. Finally, I just asked the patient what she wanted. It's easy. Just give me a cream that I can put on, something natural that isn't toxic, that will take away the itch. All this extra stuff for the pharmaceutical industry is just to take advantage of patients. You know, you can confuse other people on what you say, but you can't confuse me. I looked at her, amazed. I tried to start explaining that what I had suggested was within the realm of clinical science, not on the basis of drug companies, but then I just stopped. Ms. A, I don't think I can help you, I noted. Continuing, I said that my recommendations were all that I knew, and if these weren't adequate, I could recommend other doctors she might want to go to get another opinion, but I would be happy to provide a prescription on one of the options I did recommend, I obviously had mixed feelings, but truly felt bad for the patient. I knew that my efforts wouldn't be sufficient for what she wanted. She had very specific demands that I really couldn't facilitate. Give me the name of the other doctors, she said to me curtly. I complied and noted that I'd make another appointment with her in the future if she liked to discuss alternatives once again. The patient said nothing and got up, walked out the door, not scheduling a follow-up appointment. I sighed. To paraphrase Ogden Nash in the negative, a lack of happiness is having an itch that can't be scratched. Thank you for joining me for Patient Stories. Be happy, be healthy, and find peace.